What does Krispy Kreme and Mars have in common? Which celebrity has something to say about parchment paper? And a new baking take on the TikTok quesadilla trend. We're back with everything you need to know. Welcome back to another episode of Need to Know, where each week we're serving up the hottest takes on the latest baking news, gossip, entertainment, and online trends fresh from the oven. I'm Mia Brabham, host, entertainment expert, and ice cream cake devotee. And today, our special guest is Zoe Francois. She's a pastry chef, a cookbook author, and a baking instructor. How cool is that? I'm so excited. Be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and review wherever you listen to podcasts, or like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Now, Grab some breakfast, bake as you listen, or pour yourself a cup of coffee or tea because here's this week's trends hot from the oven. All right, everybody. So here is what I have for you this week, hot from the oven. So Mindy Kaling is back with another episode of her IG cooking series, and she has a confession. She is not a fan of brownies from the box, so she makes her own from scratch. Let me tell you, this video is absolutely chaotic. The office star says that she's never measured vanilla a day in her life. She uses liquid measuring cups for dry ingredients, and she pronounces pecans two different ways in one video. I could not stop laughing. She also apparently doesn't do parchment paper because she's, quote, not Benjamin Franklin or whatever, unquote. I don't know what I'm more upset about, Mindy eating a brownie with a fork or the fact that she hates box brownie mix, which, sue me, I kind of like sometimes. I still love you, Mindy, either way, and I cannot wait to hear what Gemma has to say about all of this. In other news, quite literally hot from the oven, especially if the neon sign is on, of course, is Krispy Kreme has a special limited edition Mars donut. So to celebrate NASA landing their rover Perseverance on Mars last week, the famed donut spot has created a chocolate cream-filled donut dipped in caramel icing with a red planet swirl and a chocolate cookie crumb on top. How fun is that? Oh my gosh. I want this. I'm going to go to Krispy Kreme right after this. Also, do you think Ariana Grande would sing her song NASA at my local Krispy Kreme? to celebrate? No? Thank you. Next. Hormel made some pretty interesting food predictions for this year. Crazy. Their food forecast tells us that people will begin using waffle irons to make other foods and that there will be leftovers on purpose to take advantage of versatile cuisine and ingredients for use in multiple meals. But I have a serious question. Were we not doing leftovers before this, people? Was this literally only me? I will say there may be a bowl of Hormel chili in my future either way. And also maybe an episode of Netflix's best leftovers ever as a treat. Nail time. There's a photo of a hyper-realistic Amazon box cake sweeping the internet. It's become so big that Amazon posted a picture of the cake by Nina Evans-Williams to their own Instagram. But it is not, in fact, an Amazon box. It's actually a gorgeous chocolate cake layered with raspberry jam and lashings of buttercream. Oh my God, chef's kiss. She made it for her son's 24th birthday, which is so cute. And it's just absolutely blown up. I don't know about anyone else, though, but I feel kind of triggered by this because do you remember that early quarantine trend where everything on the Internet was cake like oysters? Cut it open. Cake. Eggplants. Cut it open. Cake. I don't know, but this is why I have trust issues. Thank you, Internet. And speaking of, remember that TikTok quesadilla trend? Well, Delicious made it into a turnover slash pie version called the Piedia. Thank goodness. All you have to do is take a circle of pie crust and put your choice of fruit filling in each quadrant, then bake it at 375 for 30 minutes for a sweet four-layer flaky treat. Don't forget to brush it with egg wash and sprinkle it with sugar before you pop it into the oven and it'll be extra good. 
Finally, the Los Angeles Times is asking how much a cup of flour weighs, and it's surprisingly complicated. More and more recipe readers are noticing that different publications, sources, and recipe developers weigh flour differently. The LA Times says that one cup of flour is 142 grams, while the New York Times says it's 128 grams. So similar to how, I don't know, you buy the same pair of jeans from two different places, it's not the same fit. And I guess there's no real standard for flour either. So what's the right answer here? To get a real culinary take, I think we need an expert. So she's here in the virtual flesh. Please welcome professional baker, host, cookbook author, and Bigger Boulder Baking creator, Gemma Stafford. Hi, Gemma. Welcome back. Hi, Mia. How are you? Hi. I'm good. It's it's sunny out, so I'm feeling good. We're both in red, which is making me feel even greater. I just feel like I'm glowing today, <laughs> and you look like you're glowing too. Oh, thank you. Um, it's good lighting. <laughs> and uh, no, it is. It's lovely. It does, it's lovely here. <laughs> Good lighting is your best friend, especially as you get older, Mia, just an FYI. Oh, thank so it's you. lovely here today in Santa Monica. It's like sunny. We're heading into spring and Ooh. it's just, it's like, it's not too hot yet. So it's like just a <sighs> lovely time and it's lovely and bright. So I was kind of feeling summery, like springy yeah. vibes. So I kind of, I decided to get dressed up. Oh, I love it. I love it. And speaking of California, the Los Angeles Times is putting out articles talking about flour. We love this for them. Uh, But what we don't love is that they don't know exactly how much flour weighs because everyone kind of says something different based on like the grams and all that stuff. So, um, you know, what we can focus on, though, is as a professional baker and chef, why is weighing versus measuring so important in baking? So I could talk all day long about this. Um, it's, you know, it's it's something, well, it's because I came from Europe, right? So we do um, grams and we do uh, pounds and ounces in kitchens and professional kitchens. You generally do grams because you're um, cooking at such scale and you're working on a weighing scale so that you just, everything is up to a thousand. So you just, mm. you know, you measure, you tear, which means to um, zero out your weighing scales. Then you just keep on measuring on top of it. It just makes for, for like it's much faster, it's much more accurate, and it's much mm. easier. Um, and I found that when I worked in kitchens in America, in a Michelin star restaurant in San Francisco, it was the same thing, even though, you know, we work in cups here. It was also in uh, grams. So uh, mm. in professional kitchens, yes, we do do pounds and ounces, more often than not grams. Now, the cup situation. When I came to the United States, cups were a brand new thing to me. I'd never used cups before. And when I was young and I had a cookbook from America, if it said a cup of, of an ingredient, I did. I literally had no idea what that was. I didn't have a cup. Do they mean a coffee cup to the teacup? What was a cup? I had no, you couldn't buy a set of cups. Like it just wow. made no sense to me. Yeah. So I could never, isn't that crazy? So I could never yeah. do American recipes. And then I realized uh, years later that you measure your ingredients in cups. Now, for your day-to-day baking, uh, like your average baker, cups are are absolutely grand. I do it. I do it all my, myself all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, it you know it it does. It's it's accurate enough, and it, it works out. If you're trying to be super super accurate, accurate, um, and if you are also doing like sourdough, your breads, um, which is mm. very important. I would say grams all the way. Now, Mia. Uh, another let's take it to another level everybody weighs 
their cup measurement differently. So mm-hmm. everyone thinks that um, a cup is eight ounces. So a cup of flour is eight ounces. A cup of marshmallows are eight ounces. A cup of um, cotton wool is eight ounces. It's just like, no, it's it's an absolutely not. Think about those ingredients or those things. They all weigh different. So yeah. they're not going to be the same. So even though a standard cup is eight ounces and you're talking liquid, you're talking sugar, standard ingredients, um, flour is lighter than uh, sugar. Mm. So uh, a cup of flour is roughly, now I'm going to say for, for me uh, and my measurements, a cup of flour is five ounces, which is 142 mm. grams. Now, um, King Arthur, I think they are a little bit higher than that. And, um, but it, it varies, but you, you'll see um, Bake From Scratch, like they're in and around that uh, measurement. Uh, the King Arthur are in and around that measurement a few grams off. That's, so this is why it's important to weigh in grams because you will be like that bit more precise. So would you like mm-hmm. me to keep on going about that, Mia? Because <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of the episode, <laughs> we're just talking about flour. It's a flour takeover. It's fine. It's, well, oh you my know, goodness. it's just it's like measure, like it is, it's important and then Mia like I'm not I'm not even going to get into it but then there's the <laughs> scooping or the the scooping into your your jug uh, or uh-huh. filling up your cup and then leveling off there's a it's a whole big thing oh my gosh <laughs> we'll save it for and- another day yeah. Oh my goodness. But you do have, um, on the website, you have a conversion chart, right? To make yeah. it easier for everyone. Cause I mean, you're just spouting these off, which is amazing, but pe- you could, people can go on the site and see it and it's easy for them. Yeah. Well, we, uh, on biggerbolderbaking.com convert all of our recipes, cups, grams, and ounces. Like I said, nice. if I was, uh, if I was a baker in Europe and everything was in cups, well, I wouldn't be able to make your recipe. And the <laughs> thing that we try and do is that our recipes are accessible to everybody. So it's in cups, grams, and and we never have an issue. Wow. Okay. That's very exciting. Um, speaking of measuring on Instagram this week, Mindy Kaling made a cooking show. She, she has her series yep. and, um, she was using like, it was, it was a chaotic time, Gemma. She was using like dry measuring cups for like liquids or like vice versa. And like, she doesn't measure. She's just like, here we go. Here we go. But <gasps> it's great. Um, so I, she doesn't I heard measure. you're a big fan. <laughs> Of the office, which yeah. is exciting. Um, so before we get to that, though, I do want to talk about that for a, se- for a second. But she uses this is what's killing me. This video. She uses wax paper instead of parchment paper um, because she thinks parchment paper is from the 1700s. And I'm not kidding you, Gemma. That night I went to bed after I saw this, and I had nightmares that I was cooking or baking, and I was burning. Like I used wax paper, and I was yeah. like burning my house. So, what are your thoughts on this? Why should people use parchment paper over wax, or why should they? not okay well first off the biggest biggest office fan you could ever meet I actually uh, we did a collaboration one time with Angela from the office Angela Kinsey and to be honest with you if she knew how much of a fan I was she probably wouldn't have been in the same room with me like for legal reasons she probably wouldn't have allowed that I, I know where she lives even which she probably shouldn't have let me come to her house huge office fan so I'm a big fan of Mindy uh, Mindy is an avid baker I know that about her I follow her on Instagram I see that it's awesome I uh, comment when she likes make stuff um I think she's definitely learning the wax paper. So let me tell you, when I had a catering business in San Francisco uh, 10 years ago, 
I just come to the United States and I didn't know we, we have um, in Ireland parchment paper and uh, there's another paper uh, there's but but, but two, like parchment paper like two different types of parchment paper yeah. I don't know why wax because so I came here to the United States and I thought wax paper was the same thing as parchment paper I didn't know why there was two different things for the same job yeah. but I thought they were the same wax paper is also much cheaper so what am I going to buy mm. when I have no money and I'm like 26 years of age trying to run my business yeah. I'm going to buy yeah. wax paper so I used to bake with it uh, for uh, my clients and I have vivid memories of standing in the kitchen and this happened more often than not and I couldn't figure out why. The wax oh, yeah. paper cooks into your food. So I remember being in my kitchen, peeling off wax paper off the back of cookies, a tray of like 40 oh, cookies, no. each cookie, I was picking off pieces of wax paper. I remember doing carrot cake, the whole carrot cake, I had to peel off the wax paper. It was a nightmare. And it was only, it, it took me some time, which probably shouldn't have taken that long to realize it's like, you're not supposed to bake with this. I'm not support, sure what you're supposed to do with it, but you're not supposed to bake with it. So what I do with wax paper now is that it's great for food photography because of the wax. It crinkles up really well and it crackles and you get a really lovely look from it. So great for food photography. Absolutely crap for food. Mm, okay, go. good to know. So I definitely <laughs> won't be having nightmares about this anymore because we got that solved. Um, so she also, she uses a liquid measuring cup for dry ingredients. Is it that bad if you do that? Or like, what do you recommend as far as this? I do that too. Okay. I do that too. So I'm guilty. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but <laughs> but let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> So let me tell you, um, there's a little, little, little bit of a nerdy on you here. Yes. Eight ounces of a dry ingredient is, uh, is so a cup of sugar is eight ounces, is roughly 225 grams. A cup of a liquid measurement is eight ounces, 200, and I think it's 237 milliliters. So there's, there is, so here we go back to the grams and the ounces and the milliliters and the uh, fluid ounces. There's very little difference, but there is a little bit of difference in a liquid mm. cup compared to a dry cup. However, I have, uh, I think I have proven this uh, out considering that we have hundreds of recipes on Bigger Bolger Baking is that when you're consistent with your measurements um, mm -hmm. and you stick to a consistent, uh, you follow the recipe and don't change it and are consistent with the recipes, it will work out. So it's a little bit of a difference. It is. But I, I, I'm guilty of using a cup also. Okay, good to know. So it's not that bad, but there is a no, difference. So we all know. We just have to stay consistent. There Love is like that. less than 15 fluid ounces in the difference, uh, which, mm. uh, which is less, which is a half an ounce, which does make a difference because measuring, like baking is all about accuracy. And like, I will, um, like we talk about this all the time, uh, but I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> We love it. Transparency is key here at Bigger Boulder Baking. <laughs> like that's what you will get from us. So you're welcome. Um, you before go. we move on, do you have any other like 
brownie making tips. Do you ever eat your brownies with a fork? I thought that was wild that she did that in the video, but I mean, it's not the, it's not the craziest thing, but I always yeah. eat mine with my hands and then I felt kind of crazy. Is that what she did? She ate brownies with a fork? <laughs> yeah, she was eating it with a fork off a plate. I was like, brownies oh, aren't fork food. Brownies aren't even <laughs> plate foods. That's the, yeah. like straight in there, just go for us. No, like standing, <laughs> like, like in the kitchen late at night, standing with the fridge door open, eating brownies. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to tell my partner this because he always yells at me for not having a plate. And I'm going to be like, Gemma literally said, I don't need a plate for this. So. No plate. But let me tell it's you fine. something, what you do need to do, and this is super important, is when it comes to a dessert, like a brownie, uh, something really uh, like denser, heavier, um, usually a chocolate recipe, like a pound cake or something like that, pop that mm-hmm. into the microwave. If you don't have a microwave, pop it into the oven. Just like let it like heat through like 30 seconds, something like that. Just oh like, a, just take the chill off. Let it kind of like, it'll get like warm. It'll get fudgy again. It'll get like oh really yummy. Always, <gasps> always microwave your brownies. I mean, I, I can't stress that enough, people. Microwave your brownies. Oh my gosh. It's very key. important. And while you wait, watch an episode of The Office. <laughs> I watched an episode of The Office. Wait, what are you waiting for? <laughs> oh, to mark my brownie. <laughs> You're like, I forgot about the brownie. I was just watching The Office. And um, actually saying so- that, Mia, was on the topic of brownies, we have, um, we just did a huge bulk shoot here that we were covering all of our spring recipes. Mm-hmm. And we have... Uh, three different types of brownies and you kind of think a brownie is a brownie is a brownie but uh-huh. um, you could not be further from the truth because we have uh, I'll, I'll let you in a little secret we've got crinkle top yes. brownies you know when you bake brownies and you get that lovely shiny crinkle top we have those coming Ooh. we have um, a homemade version of boxed brownies so it's like everything you love about boxed brownies but it's all homemade good ingredients and then gosh what's the other one? Oh, chewy brownies oh my gosh yeah I love anything we already fudgy. have fudge brownies on the website so mm. uh, there's a lot of brownies coming your way Oh my gosh. All the things brownies. You heard it. Biggerbolderbaking.com. Speaking of anything new with Bigger Boulder Baking? Um, Yeah, we've been busy here. I am, you know, I just last week, we, uh, the last few weeks, um, we have been doing bold baking worldwide. I don't know if you've seen that, Mm -hmm. but uh, every Monday we're choosing a recipe from around the world and we're showcasing it and we're showcasing different cultures. We're giving, we're getting behind um, just a little bit of the history, the origin of it. And Mm -hmm. uh, we just uh, filmed a whole, uh, like lots more and I'm really excited about it because I never would have had these recipe I never would have tried these desserts uh, if we hadn't been doing bold baking worldwide but so far Mm -hmm. we have done sticky toffee pudding I'm trying to say, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking now. But um, what we have coming up are is a uh, baklava. We have lovely Indian desserts that's with yogurt and cardamom. Oh we my have gosh. um we actually have matzah crackers for Passover and we have Buñuelos I hope I pronounced that right (laughs) forgive me if I didn't uh for coming out coming for um uh, Cinco de Mayo which are these Mm. beautiful fried uh cinnamon sugary uh dough like really yummy like so we've loads of stuff lined up so every Monday biggerbolderbaking.com we've got a new bold baking worldwide and 
Um, you know, if there's any, I, I am open to suggestions. So if any suggestions that people have, they want to see their country represented, like absolutely mm-hmm. just send me some ideas because I would love them. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love that Bigger Boulder Baking is just so global and inclusive. We love it. So when we return from this little break, we're going to be chatting with Zoe Francois. Stay tuned. Thanks for coming, Gemma. Bye, Mia. See you later. Bye. Bye. See you soon. If you're like me, you hate to clean. So listen up. Makers Clean is a premium microfiber cleaning tools company that makes cleaning faster, more effective, and less wasteful. It was founded in 2016 by cleaning expert, Melissa Maker, who also hates to clean just like me because she couldn't find microfiber cleaning cloths that could get the job done right the first time. So she tested hundreds of microfiber cloths to find the perfect balance of quality and cleaning power. To learn more about their suite of cleaning cloths, luxury bath towels, Maker's Mop, and other top quality microfiber products, visit makersclean.com. And of course, use the promo code BBB10 to save 10% off your first order. All right, everyone, pull up your seats to At The Counter, a segment where we have a conversation with people who are doing interesting and amazing things in baking. And today we have the fabulous Zoe Francois here from Zoe Bakes. She's a pastry chef, a cookbook author, most recently a TV host for Discovery Plus. How freaking cool is that? She's her own book. Zoe Bakes Cakes coming out next month, literally so soon when she's not teaching baking courses. Um, nationally, she's developing pastry menus for award-winning restaurants. Amazing. Please welcome Zoe. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you. It's so good to have you here. We're so excited. And I don't know if you picked up on this, um, but I wore flannel just for you because I officially dub you queen of flannel. Nobody rocks a flannel like you. I'm not kidding. I woke up and I was like, this is what I'm wearing. I yeah. know. I was checking it out. I'm like, I don't think I have that one yet. I have about 30 of them. So I can't believe oh, that I don't right. have it. Oh my gosh. I love this. We're going to do a clothes swap. I can't wait. Well, we'll save that for later. But okay. First question. I'm so excited to ask you this. Yes. So I read that you grew up on a commune in Vermont, which is so cool in the 1960s. So as you said this, you said it was a time when living off the land. So keeping bees and making granola were radical ideas for most Americans. So we want to know what is you think the most radical thing you did while living on the commune? Well, it's so funny because like at the time it was radical, but I was a child. So to me, it was just normal. You know, I mean, we grew all of our own food. We raised bees and all of, you know, we had farm animals and, Uh, We collected maple syrup and we made absolutely everything. We had a geodesic dome because, of course, you know, no commune is complete without one. And in it, we made candles out of the beeswax that we then sold. So, I mean, it was just all now it's sort of in vogue. But, you know, at the time, nobody else was doing that. So we even made, my dad even made food uh, at Woodstock. So that was my very first concert when I was like two years old. Um, Yeah, so it was, it was a pretty incredible childhood, but it just seemed normal to me. Oh, as childhoods do, you know? (laughs) 
You are officially the coolest person I know. Thank you. Um, and I also love I that would you- think that's my parents were the coolest. Sure. Yes, they're queen and king <laughs> cool. Um, and the fact that you also made a hand crushed peanut butter, I think that's my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Because I too love peanut butter. So, yes. Very yes. exciting. Everything, you know, and I so did not appreciate it because, you know, we were making like whole grain homemade breads and homemade peanut butter. And uh, so peanut butter and honey sandwiches were like, you know, everything. And then I get to kindergarten and somebody whips a Twinkie out of their lunchbox. And I am like, what is this? What just happened to my world? So I went home and I'm like, you people have been holding out. <laughs> Did you try told- the Twinkie? Oh, yes. Of course I tried it. Yes. Yes. It was, it was a revelation for sure. You know, because they had told me that uh, raisins were candy. I mean, and care of was chocolate. And it was like, it was a lie. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a world. And so, I you know. know, growing up, you grew up in Vermont and you also, so your first job in the food industry was, wait for it, as an ice cream cake maker. Uh-huh. I love ice cream cake. Um, yes. At Ben and Jerry's. So yes. we all want to know, there's a few of us here on the team that are huge ice cream fans. Yeah. Was this the dream job? What, what was that yeah. like? Please tell us. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Ben and Jerry's was, you know, it was a brand new company. It was just like the one store. And we had one ice cream churner in the window of the shop and all the ice cream came out of that. I mean, this is pre Ben and Jerry's in every store. And, you know, they, I was, I would scoop ice cream, but then they sat me down and front of an ice cream cake and said, decorate that. And I can tell you the first one I did, I really feel bad. I wish I could find those people who got my very first cake (laughs) and apologize. Um, But, you know, it was like, it was such a dream. Like once I figured out how to handle a piping bag, I had so much fun. And by the end of the job, I was really pretty good at it. But that first cake must have been, I wish I had a picture of it. It must have been a nightmare. (laughs) If the person who received that cake is listening, please come forward. I know. I know. <laughs> we, went to, we bet it. It was honestly probably still amazing. That's what well, I think. I highly doubt that. But, but something. It was something. Oh, my goodness. And so, you know, you did that. And then, you know, you grew up and you just loved baking. And you started, you, you said, which I love too, you didn't have cookbooks. But then once you found them, you were like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. And then your boyfriend at the time, who is now your husband, this might be my favorite part of your your story, (laughs) is that he built the vending cart for your very first business, Zoe Cookies, Zoe's Cookies, um, which started as a business assignment for a class in college. So will you tell us this sweet story? Because I love this. Oh, that's hilarious. Yes. Um, So I was an art student and um, required to take a math class. Uh, which was a challenge for me. And so I ended up taking like a business accounting class as my math class. And they gave an assignment to start a fictional business. And so I started Zoe's Cookies just on paper because I was obsessed with, um, you know, Mrs. Fields. I don't even know if anybody would know what that is anymore. Do you? And then, so I was obsessed with her cookies and I was like, Okay, so I started it on paper and I realized 
this is way cooler than school. (laughs) So I went to work developing some recipes and Graham, my then boyfriend, now husband of 30 years, um, built me this beautiful cart and I would roll my cookies out onto Church Street and sell them. And I didn't lose money. I didn't make a ton, but I didn't lose any. And then that was only one semester. And then I went back to school and graduated. But it was uh, my, you know, foray into this world. I didn't know it at the time that I would become a pastry chef, but it was so much fun and so much work. Oh, (laughs) I made all of those cookies in his um, apartment oven, which is a half size, so maybe 20 inches wide. And I would just make batch after batch after batch. I would wake up at like three in the morning. And it was crazy town, but it was oh. so much fun. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that you you didn't have any idea really. Like you were like, I'm going to be a pastry chef one day. And that really, would you say that was kind of the spark? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I think the very <laughs> first batch of cookies I had bought myself, I invested in an old, in a KitchenAid. It was brand new at the time. I still have it. So it's 35 wow. years old. But I threw a block, a one pound block of almost frozen butter into the machine and just ground that engine right to a halt. And I had to march the machine back down to the store and they sent it back and they rebuilt the engine with a professional, like really strong engine. And they said, please never do that again, which I never did. Um, but I had no clue what I was doing. It was all trial and error. And I made every single mistake in the book. And then eventually I went off to culinary school and they taught me a thing or two, um, so that I didn't have to like learn it the hard way, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was an adventure. It was such an adventure. What a journey. And now look at you, you've authored your, you have your new book coming out. Like I said, this next month, which I'm very excited about, Um, but I know I can't wait to talk about it, but you, I want to go back first though. You've already off, you've co-authored, is it seven books or they have seven editions, right? Yes. So we have, we're about to, in the fall, put out our eighth book together. Yeah. It was like, who knew we wrote the first one and I did it as an adventure because I'd never written a book before and I was staying home with my two boys and Mm -hmm. I thought this will be an experience. And um, here we are eight books later. And so the the cake book that I just did is my first solo book and uh, my ninth one. So, Oh my gosh. And you said, um, I've saw on Instagram too, that you said about your book coming out, Zoe Bakes Cakes, that you're excited about the cake um, Academy chapter. Tell us. Why is that? I'm excited. It's, you know, so what I've learned, and partly because of this whole wild world of Instagram, um, you know, I've always been a teacher. Uh, Like I started teaching pretty early in my pastry, um, in my pastry profession. Um, And so I've had like in-person classes and then I got introduced to Instagram and I would put up these photos of my cakes or my cookies or whatever I was making and people would like them, but they weren't baking them. 
And then I discovered video. And so I started putting up videos. And I realized that when I could teach people, when I could share the sort of tips and tricks that I was that I knew from working in professional kitchens and decades of, of baking, they would make the recipes. So of course, so in my book, I put all of that, all that I know. And so it's a little bit of a geekery, you know, it's like all the cake geek stuff that I love so much. So people Mm -hmm. can dip into it if they want to know, like, one of the things that I hear a lot is like people have their grandmother's recipe, but it doesn't quite come out the same way as when she made it. And so I want people to have enough food science, enough of those tips and tricks that they can take their recipes and make them you know, consistently and as well as their grandmother had or their mom or whoever gave them the recipe. So it's just sharing everything that I've learned along the road. And so that's the part. I mean, the recipes are awesome. (laughs) I love the cover, by the way. The cover's so cool. Thank you. Um, You know, the recipes are awesome and you don't have to dip into this cake academy, but I think it's exciting. I think, you know, people are going to learn stuff from being in there. So, and it's a whole separate chapter and it's different colors so that you can find it easily. So yes, I am super excited about it. Oh my gosh. And you mentioned too, a big part, I guess, for this book was Instagram kind of inspired you in a way because you, you know, were putting out and I love, I've seen a lot of your highlights and all your videos. Do you film them yourself? Because they're very aesthetically pleasing. Oh, I could scroll forever. Wow. And I know you got your B, did you get your BFA in photography? Well, I had, I had it not, I did study photography, mm-hmm. um, but also painting and uh, generally all the arts, you know, I yeah. didn't really find my medium in art school. I found it once I discovered food. So I always mm. knew Like I always felt at home with the artist, but I never Mm -hmm. knew what my medium was until I discovered food. So to call, so really, yes, I did study photography, um, but until I was shooting food, I didn't really feel like I got it. Yeah. (laughs) And now that that's crazy. It all worked out and that's, you know, you get to shoot what you love now. And another thing, it makes sense. I just feel like you're you're a very artsy and artful person. And one thing I also love about your videos is that your playlist that you make, oh. like you made a Cinnamon Swirls playlist. And I saw you put on the Donna Summer's eyeshadow and you play disco and your playlist and just your taste. Every single video has a different like song playing in the background. It's amazing. So what are you listening to while you're baking right now? Oh, What's your favorite thing well, to listen okay, to? So this, it's so funny because like a different recipe will evoke like a different feeling Mm -hmm. or a different memory. So like I was making carrot cake with these candied um, carrot peels and it made me think of the commune days. And so Joni Mitchell. So of course it had to start with Joni Mitchell, but then it almost always ends up with like Drake or Lord (laughs) or, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just like, the playlist is bonkers. Like it goes from literally 70s, you know, 
music to hip hop and I'm dancing around the kitchen. So there's just, there's no making sense of what's happening in my brain. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the Maggie Rogers, the Dua Lipa, like, you know, it all, which I really, really appreciate. Um, It's, it's fantastic. And so speaking of, you know, just cooking it up, baking it up, you know, dancing it up in the kitchen. You don't just make content for your Instagram and of course for your book. You also um, work with your son, Henry, right? He started a YouTube channel called Baking With My Mother. So how did that come together? Because I think that's so cool. It's really fun. So I have to say that um, when we were filming the show, Zoe Bakes for the Magnolia Network, he and my other son, Charlie, got involved. And Charlie's always been a baker. Like ever since he was little, he would bake with me, but Henry would run. He would always come back to eat it, but he wanted no, no part of the process. And then when we did the show together and he was, got involved more, he discovered that he actually liked it. So he's the one that came to me and said, will you teach me how to bake? And I could not be happier. It only took me like 21 years to get him interested. (laughs) It's a good start. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so much fun. I mean, part of it is the times that we live in. I got this, you know, we live in this really wild time in history where I have all this time with my son, which never would have happened in any other time. So I'm really grateful and it's a blast. Oh my and gosh. He'll be it's able so to fun. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I don't know how long it'll last, how long he'll be here, but in, as long as he's here, I'm taking full advantage. Oh my gosh. It's, it's really, I, I re- really recommend anyone listening, watch. It's such a hoot. And it's really fun to see the bond between you two. Um, but speaking to of these times, one thing immediately that I thought of when, you know, we were going to have this chat today is the fact that sourdough <laughs> bread just boomed. People were making it so much during the pandemic. And, you know, this is what you wrote your first seven and almost eight books on. So um, what was, you know, I mean, you've, you've been baking, you're the queen of bread. You've been breaking, baking bread forever, but what is something that you were baking a lot during the pandemic or that you've been baking? Well, I mean, everything, it's just, you know, um, when we wrote our books, you know, sourdough is something that's just hitting, really catching its stride during COVID. Our books were all about making bread accessible because when I started out, especially when I started teaching like 25 years ago, people would sooner make a five-tiered wedding cake before they'd make a single loaf of bread because they thought it took too long, it was too intimidating, the yeast was scary. So our bread books were more about sharing our joy and the fun of bread baking and making it accessible to people. So for me to watch this explosion of bread baking is such a joy and where people are taking it is incredible. For me, I bake based on my mood, based on what's in season. Um, So my baking is all over the place. I mean, I love to bake bread. I do it all the time, but I also love cake, obviously, and cookies and, you know, everything. I mean, there isn't anything out there that I don't love to bake. So it just depends on the mood that I wake up with in the morning. 
I love, I love this. And, um, one thing I also love and I really want to bring up is for these books, you took a photo. I think, you know, the one (laughs) and it's maybe the best it's, it's maybe the best I've seen, um, on the internet and it's you. And I think it's your co-writer and you, you're throwing bread. It's literally raining bread. So please tell us the story behind this photo because I, I don't this. even know. You really did some digging because <laughs> I, that, did. I don't, I don't know that many people have seen this photograph. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, okay. So that was that a photo shoot for, um, our, I don't know, that was our fifth book, I think. Mm-hmm. And we rented this giant warehouse and um, the photographer had come in and the way that these photo shoots work is that you bake all the bread that you're going to shoot. You know, we had a hundred recipes and so we probably had five or 600 loaves of bread that we had to bake for this um, photo shoot. And at the end, I mean, it's intense. These (sighs) days are intense. And so we're shoot, shoot, shoot. And then we're done. And we're just like, woo, and we're like celebrating. And then all of a sudden we have all this bread in front of us and we tossed it up in the air, set the timer and the photographer and Jeff and I just threw all the bread up in the air and it's just raining down on us. Probably a hundred loaves of bread. Oh my gosh. So it was just, you know, the joy of being done with this intense, intense week of baking and shooting. And it's hilarious that you found that one. Oh, it brought me so much joy. So thank you. I genuinely saw it and I felt the energy. I was like, I'm going to go home and do this. Thank you. Um, So before we wrap up and there will be a speed round, which is my favorite part. Um, Very fun. I want to know about you. So tell us something we don't know, like besides baking and, you know, your family, I know means so much to you. Um, what brings you joy outside of baking? Well, (laughs) right now it's, that's a tough one because it's travel. I love, love, love to travel. Um, I travel to eat. I travel, you know, to be inspired by art. I would say art and travel are the two things that inspire me the most. Um, and dance. <clears throat> There's a lot of dancing that goes on behind the scenes here. Um, my neighbors and I, we've all been quarantining for a year, like really, really doing it. Um, and so we moved the furniture out of uh, my neighbor's house and we had you know, six feet apart, a disco ball, turned on the music and we had a little teeny little dance party because we just needed it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So it was super fun, but yeah. So dance, art, and travel. Oh, I think we're kindred spirits. I love these. I love how creative your soul is. It just makes it hearing all this and just hearing your story. It makes sense how it all connects just from, you know, your love for music and, you know, living on the commune and using what you had, like using the land to, you know, make a life and how you do that now and how it's translated. And your energy is just so beautiful. And I can't thank you enough for being here, for telling us your story. But before we head out, we're going to do the speed round. So I'm going to ask just like a list of quick questions. Don't think too hard. Just spout out the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. On the count of three. Okay. One, two, three. 
Your favorite baking utensil? Uh, Danish dough whisk. Favorite childhood treat? Twinkies. (laughs) Your favorite late night snack? Um, Ice cream. Yes. Favorite baking show? Um, my favorite. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Um, my favorite bake, probably the British Bake Off. Oh, so good. And your favorite person to bake for? Oh, my kids. And your favorite husband. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Graham. And your least favorite baking question? Oh, my least. I don't know if I have one. No, no, no. Oh, yes, I do. I have it. Can I substitute all of the ingredients? <laughs> no. Is that your answer? No. <laughs> and your number one baking lesson? My number one baking lesson? I'm not sure I understand. What does that mean? So what's like one thing that you've learned in baking that's your favorite thing that you've learned? Oh, oh, oh okay. Um my number one baking lesson. Oh my goodness. Uh, temperature, like the temperature of ingredients. So important. Good to know. All right. And there we have it. But so easy. Yes. Okay. Magic. We have it. Honestly, you went, you have definitely finished just the fastest, I think out of anyone so far. Yeah. You really said what came to mind, which I love. That's amazing. So thank you for joining us, Zoe. So where can we find you online? Oh, uh, you can find me at Zoe Bakes on Instagram you can find me at Zoe Bakes everywhere, including the Magnolia channel. That's the name of my TV show as well, Zoe Bakes. Um, and you can find my books at all bookstores. Um, and Zoe Bakes Cakes comes out March 16th. So I can't wait to see what everybody creates from it. So thank you. Thank yeah. you. This so was a happy. joy. Oh my gosh, same. You've such, like I said, a good energy and good spirit. So it's very fun. Um, I'm Mia. You can find me at yours truly, Mia. We can't thank you all enough for listening. We really appreciate you, but don't forget we're just starting out. So be sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars whenever you listen and leave a comment and let us know what you want to see next week. So we're very excited. Thank you again, Zoe. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.